been here for centuries, waiting for the right time to show themselves. By planning thoughts in the minds of men like Galileo, Newton, Edison, Einstein, and Steven Spielberg, they have prepared the human race for the inevitable encounter. Now, they are coming. They are coming for you. Run, but first close your windows, hide your apples, prepare for the attack of the android. And now, your host and the human leader of the android underground, Matt Lee. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Thursday, December 22nd, 2011, episode 14 of Attack of the Androids, brought to you by GroovyPost.com, your one-stop shop for all the great how-tos, reviews, tech stuff. Uh, Joining me tonight, we got Jeremy Lesniak. What's up, man? What's going on, buddy? Good to have you back. And we got uh, Joey Kelly. What's up, Joey? Oh, not much, man. How you doing? I'm well, I'm well. It's just us tonight, the three amigos. Uh, Eric's moving to another country. And uh, <laughs> Seth is <laughs> just so, so ridiculous to say that to, we uh, finally threw him out. Yeah, right. Why, why isn't Eric here? Oh, he's moving to Burma, An- another country. You, you know, know, whatever. It, between between the whole 2012 Military Defense Act and SOPA, SOPA basically saying that you're a terrorist if you illegally download the terrorist or the. The 2012 Defense Act saying that if you are deemed a terrorist, they can just make you disappear for an indefinite amount of time. So between those things, I'd be getting the hell out of Dodge myself, but we don't do any... Allegedly. <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah, you guys can find all this stuff on groovypost.com slash groovycast. We got 14 episodes after this one's up there. And our new site is coming so soon. You don't even know. I, uh, I passed I passed around a screenshot uh, to you guys internally here. If you guys saw that, that's, uh, that's what we got to work with. But uh, I'll be putting the finishing touches on it hopefully over the, the holiday. And we'll be launching... Uh, right around the beginning of uh, the new year. So with the new site, oh, man, I'm so excited. We'll be doing live shows. We'll be having videos. So this uh, this 2,000-word dissertation on my PhD of the Galaxy Nexus, that could have been a five-minute video. Here's why I hate it, and here's why I love <laughs> it. <laughs> but uh, I'm just excited. We'll have a lot more control. We're in iTunes already, so if you search Attack of the Androids in iTunes, you guys can find that. Please be subscribed and write us lovely reviews, because that really, really helps us out. And you can also leave us messages, and we'll play them on the show. You say, hey, Matt, your review sucked, and this is why. Do it. 406-204-4687. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, also, email show at attackoftheandroids.com. So, uh... Man, I, like I said, we got the the those my first review up there for Groovy Post. I I went through basically I broke down the uh, the Galaxy Nexus into three categories. For a launch of a device, a smartphone to go well, you need three main things to all come together. You need the hardware, you need the operating system, and you need the carrier to provide signal for all of this great stuff. <laughs> Uh, the software 
Ice cream sandwich, four out of five, man. Ice cream sandwich is super sweet. The hardware, mm, not very impressive, two out of five. The carrier, Verizon, you get a big fat zero. I'm sorry, you failed. Try again. Uh, I I don't know. Have either of you guys uh, messed with this yet at all, the Galaxy Nexus? No, I'm I'm curious I'm curious about that comment about the carrier because that's the one complaint that I'm not hearing from everyone. Really? The, I've So are I've, you I mean you've you've got a bunch of other Android phones is are you seeing that different Oh uh, yeah. It, it, really? It, basically talk, talk uh, iOS borrowed notifications from Android. It seems with the Galaxy Nexus Android borrowed the poor signal quality from the <laughs> from the iPhone and it it doesn't matter how I hold it. And Verizon, <laughs> pretty, you're not supposed to hold it. You got to put it on a table. It's got to be hands free. I got to set it down, and then I put on my big pink static shielding bag, <laughs> and then I'm good. But no, I went back there because uh, the lady, like I said, they they gave me the wrong extended battery. They gave me one for the S or something. I, don't know, I totally didn't fit. So I brought it back, and I was like, "Hey, I'm having a terrible signal quality." My 3G is like dial-up, if I'm lucky. <laughs> and she's like, oh, that's weird. Everyone else is, is fine. And and then uh, like three days later, I see on Verizon's Twitter, they say, yeah, we're having problems with the signal and this and that. We're working on a fix. We know about it. Like, okay, well, I'll just keep paying for this 3G that I'm not getting. But my main problem with it is... The signal's fine once I'm in town. Like, here at my house, I get two bars. On the Droid X, I had pretty much full signal. What the issue is, is when you kick it into Wi-Fi, 95% of the time when it uh, when you turn Wi-Fi off, it will not reconnect to 3G until you force a reboot. And like I, I noted in my review over there on GroovyPost.com, you, it's, there is no reboot. It's either turn it off or nothing, just like uh, Mm. all the other stock stuff. And I know this isn't an Android thing because I'm on CM7 on the Droid X and there's a reboot option. So this is something Verizon removes. That's a CM thing, though, Matt. But all phones have a reboot, right? No. It's all power off? I I remember, when was it? It was when I went, I remember noticing it when I went, when I loaded CM on my Droid 2, that I went, ah, I have my reboot option. See, I thought it was something that the carrier did because I couldn't see the coders building in a reboot option. I just think they re-enable it after the carrier, whoever, disables it. But I could be I could be wrong. I could be definitely wrong on that. It just seemed odd. That's possible, but have you run, you know, a... I mean, we're we're not going to have access to an uncarrier messed with build that's not cyanogen. Right. Well, no, there there is the the, the original, but yeah, I think we, it is carrier specific. So yeah, you you are right. But it it's it's just that kind of stuff and the screen is scratching all to crap. And I'm really careful with this, and I did a side-by-side comparison on on my uh, Galaxy Nexus review on groovypost.com showing my 2-year-old plus Droid X screen still pretty pristine. And the Galaxy Nexus screen just all scratched to hell. And that's already just from bringing it in and out of my pocket. That's all. No keys in there, no nothing. 
And the GSM model, uh, I linked to a video of a guy doing drop tests, kind of tossed it down some stairs, and uh, did the key scratch test on it, and it came out just fine. So I don't know if that's a difference in the GSM version versus the CDMA version, or what. And I did learn, this was kind of interesting, that the, this, this Galaxy Nexus has an oleophobic coating on it, which basically means it repels grease. And I thought perhaps that's why it scratches so easily. Maybe it's not the screen itself, except for this one, because you can feel it with your fingernail. Like, you can feel the, the gash in the glass. But I thought maybe the coating was what was kind of scratching there. You can't smudge it, which is really cool. But I feel like I wrote in, in my review, I feel like it's my Oakleys. Like, I can't touch the lens, you know? It's, it's that kind of frailty mm. with it that I I don't know like my droid X just feels bulletproof and then I, I feel this thing and it's like yeah I'm gonna break it and I don't I don't know other than that though it's a beautiful device it's fast it's fluid everything software wise runs great my like I said my only beef is that uh, the whole signal thing which hopefully they will fix and the other thing, I have to address this on the show. I wrote about it in the review. I wrote about it on the XDA developer forums. This is so shady. The dock that comes with this thing is not the three-pin dock, meaning you cannot charge through the dock like you usually can on these other docks, and also meaning it's not kicking the phone into car mode. And with this device, there is no car mode app. So you're pretty much screwed if you want car mode. You There is no... Except I found a, an aftermarket one. But stock, there is no app. And the, the dock, which they're selling as, like, nobody at Verizon knows. Either they don't, either they know, and they're not saying anything because they won't sell anymore. Or none of the associates know. Which, either way, I, it's pretty shady, it seems like. That they're telling people, yeah, this is the, the one you want, this is it. And then you, you put it in and nothing happens. It's just a $50 holder at that point. So let's bottom line this. If you had it to do over again, I mean, I, you know, you. I'm gonna you talk- record a drop test of my own, and then I'm taking the, I'm taking it back. Um, oh really? So what are you gonna do? Are you gonna pick up a, a razor? Or I'm gonna reactivate my. I'm or- gonna reactivate my damn Droid X. Is what I'm gonna. No, I'm. Uh, I'm thinking of the razor, or I'm thinking if they have some second revision ones of this, I want to get because I love the phone, man. It, it's. It's beautiful and it runs really well. It's just feeling like it's scratching and the the connectivity issues, which, like I said, they'll fix it in the software update. But I, I don't know, man. Having this screen scratch like that for how much this was, it, yeah, I don't know, man. I'm torn. I'm definitely torn. I would like to see how the Razer runs, even though I'm trying to stay away from Motorola now because that's I I have had the last. Three, the last two of my three smartphones have been Motorola, the, the OG Droid and uh, the the X. So, I don't know. I, I'm kind of torn. You know, the between the whole holster, the the dock thing, which they're going to be coming out with the real one. The the ones in the UK have it, and they have the three pin. You can charge it through the base, just like the Droid X dock. But for someone like me, I live in my truck. You know, like I need that there, and having. I don't know. It it seemed very shady that the way they were selling it. You know, I didn't appreciate that. So, 
But I, I could see that. Bottom line, early early adopter phone definitely. Ice cream sandwich, if you're coming from gingerbread or honeycomb, I don't know if anyone's coming from honeycomb, but it, it's it's a great experience. If I don't understand why Google let Samsung have another whack at the Nexus. They had the S1, right? Then why why didn't they pick another carrier or another manufacturer? That just seemed odd to me that they'd go Samsung two years in a row. You know, I'm sure there's a, there's some internal stuff, and inevitably it's all about money. Do you think it had anything to do with their Motorola purchase and saying if we... They could have easily made the Razer the Nexus phone, but I think they would have felt like everyone would have been like, oh, you're playing favorites because you bought them. So now would have been a pretty poor time to do that, you know? The Galaxy S2 is a phone that people love. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, Leo Laporte has has all but said, I'm not using my Galaxy Nexus. I'm using my S2. He loves it. You know, and, and I'm hearing that from other people, too, is that Samsung really nailed that phone. And maybe that's why they gave him another shot, because they did such a great job. Who knows? So what do you think is the cause for, uh, do you think they rushed it? Because of all of the delays, I would have assumed those delays would have made this this uh, to market product completely finished. You know, we first heard about this a day before my birthday in October, and now it's December. You know, a week before, a couple days before Christmas, and people are just now getting them. Like that seemed like plenty of time to test it, unless they were using that time to argue about Google Wallet, because that doesn't come with it. Never downplay the effects of politics on a product. Yeah, do you think maybe patent stuff had to do? I, I don't know. There's so many variables that it could have been without actually talking to Andy Rubin or somebody on the Google team. Like it's all hearsay. Right. You know, and and we're never going to know. And I don't I don't know that it matters to be to be perfectly yeah, honest. Yeah, true, true. I'll tell you what, having the barometer in there, my GPS locks are on point, and it's fast. Really? Oh, my God. I didn't – I was skeptical at first. I was like, yeah, right. This is really going to make a big difference. Dudes, totally makes a big difference. Nice. <clears throat> Just having that extra line of signal to say, here's, uh, here's some more information on where that satellite might be. It, yeah, it's, the locks, I would say, are twice as fast as my Droid X locks. And sure, some of that is the speed. I mean, I'm, we're, we're going from a 1.1 gigahertz to a two dual core 1.2. So. And, and ICS does it. It's beautiful on, on, on uh, this kind of hardware, the processor and the RAM and the, the space that it has. Uh, also, I'll mention the face lock. It works really fast. Like once it gets to know your face and you train it well, um, it's impressive. Except once the sun starts going down, it's pretty much useless <laughs> at that point. But like it'll, I'll just pull it out and like it'll as I'm pulling it to my face, it'll already recognize me. Now I haven't tried this personally, but I've read some reviews online that say people holding up a picture of themselves it is actually unlocking so i don't know how secure or how true that is uh, i guess i can uh, print I've out heard that from numerous sources <clears throat> numerous and like also two. just it, this guy the one in particular i'm thinking of he wore glasses and a hat and he said uh, he took another picture of a random person with glasses and a hat on and it unlocked so i think it also depends on what you use to train it initially 
I, I would say remove your hat, remove your glasses. But if you wear glasses, you're going to, that sucks to have to take off every time. So more of a gimmick than anything, but it is kind of cool. Yeah. If, if you're using that to secure your phone, yeah, well, you yeah. deserve to have all of your identity stolen. All your base. <laughs> all your base are belong to. You Al-Kano. deserve to have all your base <laughs> stolen. <laughs> oh man and then uh yeah like i mentioned uh i'm i did i did a, a photo comparison between the droid x the samsung galaxy nexus and uh, my sony Cybershot. so i'll uh i'll put that in the episode post so you guys can compare uh what do you think overall galaxy nexus is pretty right on with the sony Cybershot, and that's a 7.2 megapixel camera uh the galaxy nexus is a five and then uh the the Droid X is an 8, and it took the worst pictures, <laughs> which just proves the point that it's not always about megapixels. And I'll tell exactly. you what. Exactly. I have said this, that how many times on this show? This thing a lot. I know. But it's, Well, it's quality of optics. I mean, you can... Oh, yeah. The Carl you, you Zeiss can, lens is key, which I don't think this has. But right. That, yeah. You know, one of the... Whenever somebody's talking about megapixels, I go back to my, my days where I was slinging computers and crap it's all storage it's all just extra storage right well you remember the old mavicas that took the floppies yep yep, and you could fit like 20 floppies on a disc yep and and for (laughs) those of you that have never had to use a disc it's under one and a half megabytes right we need do we need to explain let's explain what a diskette is (laughs) do you remember that 1.4 photos on one of those at 640 by 480 resolution those cameras they were bulky but they would kick the crap out of most cameras under a hundred dollars right now maybe not maybe not that extreme at this point but the the quality of the optics i mean that's what you were paying for Exactly. And it, like we said, it, it is a lot of things that go into making a really good picture. I'll tell you what, this thing takes the fastest pictures. I think I wrote in my review, if you want to take a whole bunch of really average pictures super fast, this is your phone right here. <laughs> it, wow, that's what I'm looking for in a camera. Where do I get one? I know, 20 average looking pictures, <laughs> mediocre to <laughs> average at best. <laughs> But it You'll is... be able to get them out back at the Verizon store in the dumpster. <laughs> oh, I got a bell for that one. Holy cow. All right. Ding. But, um, yeah, it is, it is impressive how fast it does take the pictures. And I recorded a video, um, and I tried the, the... The Nexus comes with some video editing software, Movie Studio. Not not as intuitive as I would have hoped, but I, I haven't spent the time with it. I just tried you, as I was. You were supposed to edit these movies on your phone? Uh, quickly, I guess. In, in sort of, I can put a title. I can do some transitions. And like I said, I I literally just started messing with this while I was outside smoking before the show. So you open it, create new project, name it. And then, uh, yeah, you can import images, audio, and video, and then put it together and export it. Uh, I got frustrated and just uh, deleted what I was working on. So uh, all that definitely... describes my experience with Windows Movie Maker. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I used to do all my video editing at uh, YouTube.com slash The Jam Hole. Most of the early videos from there were made with Movie Maker. And I'm sorry. Let me add this. Made with the Movie Maker version that has the glitch that when you hit publish, you have to let it crash and then open it again before it'll actually publish. So if you didn't save what you were working on, you just hit publish. <laughs> Bye-bye. 
tell you, it took me one time to learn that little trick. One. Uh, I got to tell you, sorry, totally non-Android. It's like 50 bucks. It's called Pro Show Gold. It's awesome for editing video and audio and mixing it together. I'll throw another one out there. It, it was free, and it's called Sony Vegas Video. <laughs> no, I'm totally kidding. I paid a lot of money for that. So, uh, uh, my my video editing uh, choice is Jason, uh, a guy that I pay. <laughs> oh, that works. That's even I, better. How do you I think get he uses Premiere? But I I don't need to care. Premiere's <laughs> alright, but yeah, it, if you don't have to, don't. <laughs> Jason, I need a video. Okay. But I, I did think I thought it was interesting that they you know incorporated that into ice cream sandwich. Uh, it's only going to get better. I I hope right guys. Yeah, it's going to get better. Uh, I'll tell you, it took I... me five to ten tries. No, it took me about twelve tries to download Sonic CD. Uh, their servers were not handling the demand apparently. And what was nice is that by the time you figure out you're not going to download this, your refund time is up. <laughs> so you have I no. Saw you bitch about that somewhere? Was that on on G Plus? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I posted on Facebook and G Plus, <laughs> but I was I was like, thanks, that's nice. It doesn't let you know that you're effed until uh-huh. you're effed. <laughs> I appreciate I, it. I, the your your written sarcasm is, is fantastic. <laughs> well, and you you know because you know how I sound. I I always wonder I, how other people that have never heard me like read my stuff. It must sound just stupid unless you. You know my tone and everything. But I did get Sonic CD finally downloaded four days later, uh, and it's cool. It's really cool. I, I like it. I like it a lot. So I, if I'm not paying attention, it's because I'm fighting Dr. Roboto. <laughs> domo, domo. All right, so that's that. I just wanted to mention uh, for the first 20 minutes of the show – uh, some more addendums, if you will, to the Galaxy Nexus review, which is up right now on GroovyPost.com. Uh, it's it's long, and there's a few pictures, but I think it's it's very uh, it it'll give you what you need to know. Basically, it's called. So uh, for those of you playing the drinking game at home, uh, Carrier IQ and Republic Wireless. Speaking of Carrier IQ, did you see? That we have a, a, an EFF gentleman here. Uh, he reverse engineered good old Carrier IQ, and to to be fair, these That's guys like reverse engineering cancer. Why would you want to do that? <laughs> it is right. Like you guys, I was totally taking it apart, and it got loose, and I'm dying now. Although I gotta say, the most awesome thing about the article uh, is the. Uh, the head, gra- the, the graphic up at the top. It's a movie screenshot. I, I don't know. Is that nineteen? That's not nineteen eighty four. What is that? That's Hitler, bro. Is it? It looks like no. it. It's a fake Hitler. No. <laughs> no, I don't know. It, it looks like it. You know what? Oh, it looks like a cutscene from Command and Conquer. <laughs> Big Brother, nineteen eighty four. Ingsoc versus Carrier IQ. Oh, yeah. yeah. So anyway, that, that's the most awesome thing about it. Uh, so, but, um, yeah, the EFF, they reverse engineered some of the program's code to see what's actually going on. Uh, like we mentioned in a previous episode, there are three parts to Carrier IQ. The program itself, that's what captures the keystrokes and other metrics. A configuration file, this varies from handset to handset and from carrier to carrier. And then there's a database, and that stores your actions until it can be transmitted to the carrier. 
now the Carrier IQ program is in bi- it's a binary application that's fairly hard from what they said to reverse engineer and the database sounds like it's stored in RAM thus hard to obtain but the configuration profile very very easy to crack from what they said now, okay now hold on a second here I, I, at no at the risk of sounding totally anti EFF which I'm not isn't this illegal it's on your reverse phone. Reverse engineering? Yeah, reverse engineering a program. Are you saying it depends on who's suing who and what law they're looking at? Yeah, I, they I would think that this would be under copyright or trademark or uh, or a company protected the, uh, the, the uh, DMCA has been used to stop reverse engineering crap. I think Sony played that card at some point. It's you know what? It's fuzzy. It's really fuzzy. And as we all know, Fuzzy Wuzzy was a bear. But since right now the government hates Carrier IQ, it's okay. <laughs> that is true, right? It's all about the context. Who's? But I'm sure they don't really hate it. They're just pretending to hate it. And they, they've got somebody in the server farms. It's, it's like that uh, It's like that scene in what's that movie, that John Grisham movie, The Client, yeah. where they have the shredding party. And then once they get your like vote, that. they turn around and do the opposite. Of course. So I would have said get Trevor to do it because they thanked him in their 12-page PR uh, statement that we read on the last episode. But it well, was Jared Weiserbicki from uh, – he's the EFF volunteer. Um, they were unencrypted, these uh, profiles. And these are what we mentioned last episode about the embedded, which has pretty much full reign. There's the uh, pre-installed app, which – pretty much has full reign and then there's the version that you choose to install like say uh you you call up tech support and they're like okay we need you to install this app so that we can see what's going on so those are the the three there um if you understand fourth the the programming language uh you can see the rules that dictate when carrier iq transmits your data to the carrier and in some cases a hint of what data is being captured uh, then Wiserbicki shared his findings in the form of IQIQ, a program that parses their phone's carrier IQ profile into a human-readable XML file. <laughs> That's handy. Very handy. So, uh, did they actually draw any conclusions out of this? Because it doesn't. I'm I'm trying to. Well, what they're the, they're the articles. They're talking a lot about how the program works. Right. I mean, what they're doing is asking everyone on the XDA developer form. Uh, anyone that's using Android to upload their profiles so that they can look at all of them and kind of get a better understanding of what's going on. They say, if you have a rooted phone, you're strongly encouraged to help out. It doesn't take long to scan your phone for the files, and there's no risk involved. Uh, Don't forget, though, if you already have CyanogenMod installed, it's not going to be there. So these are stock uh, Android uh, operating systems. Uh, they go on to say, ultimately, Carrier IQ, not the carriers, aren't going to tell us the exact extent of the data being keylogged by our own phones. Senator Al Franken squeezed a bit of data out of the carriers and OEMs, and he'll no doubt get back for more. Uh, but it's also almost guaranteed that the corporate overlords are holding data back. So, again, I don't know, man. If 
it's such a it's such old software like these guys were doing it back in the day of the future phone when who gave a crap like what do you have on there you know but now we have our social we have all we have a lot of stuff on our phones you know then connected to the cloud we have a lot more so what they should have done is re <laughs> redesigned or modernized or evolved their program to address these certain, you know, concerns that people are going to have. Because, of course, it's totally different now than when this was first developed. So, I don't know. Are you scared of it? I mean, is anyone scared of it? Does it matter? Still don't have a smartphone, so I'm not scared. Right. How it, are you even it, hosting a show about Android? <laughs> what the f- <laughs> What are we doing? I have a nook. Oh, right, right. I forget. So, Jeremy, I mean, is this something you lose sleep over? Because I, I don't, and I don't know. I use my device a lot for everything. I, I don't because I'm not, I'm not doing sketchy stuff. You know, I, there's certainly a part of me that re- that appreciates, respects, and desires privacy. But do you use Facebook? The, the, I do, and the farther I, you know. The further we go into the future and the more we use technology and become dependent on technology, the less we can count on privacy. Exactly. And And I'm aware of that. And I've been aware of that for years. So So is that as much as I want it? I know I'm not going to get it. So I just act accordingly. You assume that what you post is public regardless of how it's posted. I assume that there are people watching me 24-7. That's the best way. But now is that something that you're actually like it? Do you make a conscious decision when you're posting something that like, whoa, maybe I shouldn't? Or is it something you constantly think about? Or are you just in the mode of, you know, I've been online for long enough. It's just second nature. No, I, I think about it a fair amount, you know. One of the things that helps me is I'm Facebook friends with my mom. And that's a tremendous incentive to not post shady things, right? That makes two of us. Oh, crap. My mom's going to see that. So I care a lot more what my mom knows about what I'm posting than the federal government. That's true. Uh, my, mom, my mom will beat my ass. My mom now, listens what if to mom my mom was working for the federal government. Whoa, super she mom. She might be. I don't know. I don't She'd know. be the man. I don't know. <laughs> my mom listens okay. to my podcasts and sometimes oh, oh, I'm so sorry. If I do another show, it's kind of a mature comedy in air quotes cuz not it's not always funny, uh, called the jam hole and my mom listens to that and she used to say it's the only way she knows what I'm up to, like what I'm doing. You know, it's like her her hour-long chat with her son, basically. But I, sometimes I find myself kind of in the back of my mind going, don't say that, don't say that, don't say that. And then I say it, and then I'm like, don't. But it, I don't know. It's not like my mom is going to arrest me or beat my ass, like you so colorfully put it. Uh, I just, it's not something that bothers me because I've done it for so long and I'm so public. I'm like completely the other way. I assume everything is going to be read by everybody, even though none of it's read by anybody. I just, it's not something that it, it, it doesn't govern how I act, I guess is, is the best way to put it. 
I think it's a generational thing. I think that the older people that are running the government, that are the officials, that are in business, are not accustomed to thinking, if I write this email, if I send this text, if I post this on Twitter, the entire world will read it. Right. I think that, that, that those of us that are younger, that have grown up with it, are I wouldn't I, I hate to use the word comfortable, but are more aware of how public they are. Um, and I and I think that that's the difference. Uh, I, I think you're going to see a very different opinion in 10 years uh, as to what privacy means. And I think you're going to see an even different opinion in 20 years. Uh, I just uh, was reading an article on uh, Career Builder uh, that was talking about Generation Y, which I believe actually includes, geez, I think all of us. I'm on the edge of X. You're on the edge of X? Okay, well, yeah. they were saying 1980 to to, to, uh, to 2000 births. Yeah, that's me. Uh, yeah, then that's me. Um, although we're both on the older end of that, and then Jeremy's right. just over. You must be just over the line. I'm just over 79. Okay, so uh, I, I'm going to include you because you're almost in that group. Uh, Fair enough. But uh, anyway, so for all of us, we have uh, the comments they were making were dis- different expectations about work and life and family and um, the integration of all of those and how uh, they were shocked to hear groups of Generation Wires compi- uh, uh, comparing salaries and bonuses openly. You know, like that was not right. It's just weird. like the generation before that never talked politics, and like the generation before that never talked about sex. It it generally it gets more open the further down the line we go, and I do believe that the technology drives that. We have the tools to tell a global audience that we just took a poo. Like they didn't do that back then, and I think the more you use that, and the more you're exposed to it, the more desensitized you get to that. And so pretty soon, everybody's talking about taking poos. And then somebody takes a picture of it, and they're like, whoa, you can take a picture of your poo. And now they're taking videos of it. And it's, it, I'm curious where it's going to go at the end, when it gets to the point where everything either explodes or, I don't know, it, or everything I, I, becomes predicted because of how much data there is leading up to. Well, what will happen is there will be a cultural phenomenon that will start to go the other way. I Called hipsters. Well, <laughs> maybe not the other way completely, but I mean, at some point, you're going to hit a line where the majority of people, for whatever reason, are just not comfortable anymore. And no offense to you, Matt, but if you start posting pictures on your Twitter of your poo, uh, I'm going to unfollow you. You have to go way back in the timeline to, to see that. Um, it so is interesting I, I to wanna, see, and the I more out for a second. Oh, please, because uh, um, I think we're we're looking at it as Tech two nerds. groups of people: the the ones that'll share and the ones that won't. And I there there I think there's an important distinction. It's actually three groups. You've got the folks that are older than us that are not comfortable sharing and do not share. Mm. There is the folks younger than us that are comfortable sharing but do not recognize the degree to which their sharing is public and then you have a very narrow cross-section maybe 25 to 35 year olds it's 10 maybe it's 20 years if you're pushing it and we're in the middle of that 
where we grew up without these sharing tools. We didn't have Facebook or anything remotely right. approaching it when we were in school. going through our formative years. And so now that we have those tools, we're able to consider the implications of using them in a way that younger kids cannot. So as they come up through, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. And it already has been. Mm. You know, I mean, there, there are plenty of documented cases of, of kids going, oh, my God, I didn't get this job because they found the picture of me at 16. Or I lost this job. And crack, you know. Well, I think, though, that that's, that that's something that, that is a, a more telling about the – two or three different groups that you're talking about than it is about the technology or about where we're headed as a culture. Because I think what you're seeing there is the more conservative, less sharing people seeing someone that's being very open and sharing, not understanding it and not wanting to, to have that person around in their organization. And I think that that will change. For instance, I, I got to admit, I personally have had uh, a, a problem probably due to my upbringing uh, of, of with people that have, ha that have heavily uh, tattooed uh, bodies and, and a lot of piercings. It's nothing personal. <laughs> it's just, it's just, you know, something that uh, I got brought up and it was just, it was the stigma. But anyway, um, and I've hit Matt, it over. Wanna, you want to you want to go to Maine with me? We can beat them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but I'm just saying. I was the, just gonna the, let that simmer. <laughs> it, it, it's not anything personal, and and like I say, it's it's something I've had to get over because you know what? In it, it, it for whatever reason, that's a trend in our population right now. And it, the thing is, is that if you keep holding to that stigma, eventually you're gonna just want to curl up in a in a a corner and die because it's gonna seem like everyone around you is doing it and you're not. Well, I feel like though that pushes the ones that aren't into wanting to because they want to feel like they're a part of something. They don't want to feel left out. Why is everybody else sharing and I'm not? What's my problem? I I don't know. I I almost feel like it, it does at, at a certain point you'll get to that critical mass where it's almost a peer pressure type of thing. Oh yeah, and, and I and I agree. And I think that what's going to happen in in 15 or 20 years we're going to see the people that we're going to see management at lower and middle levels be the folks that are in our age group that have seen the that have seen the 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 birth of this sharing culture right. and we're going to be able to understand it a little bit more than those that are currently in in the positions of management. And that's when we're going to see that, that the, Oh, you were 16 when you did that. Ah, whatever type of thing. Well, it'll get overlooked because everybody will start to have these embarrassing photos on there and it becomes mutually assured destruction. You know, if everybody complained about the, the stupid photos on the internet, then no one would be able to get a job. And I think that that's where it's going to head eventually. And this whole thing will blow over and it will be a non-issue. It's almost like how up here specifically with medical marijuana and nationwide, really, it's something that we have laws that millions of people break every day. Why are they still laws? Doesn't that then become the new accepted standard and we move forward from there? 
Well, I think that that's also something that's going to change in the next, you know, two to three decades. You're going to see a radical shift in laws, and and I don't think that that's necessarily wrong. No, uh, that's a great what, thing. That has to happen. Evolve that, or die. Well, that you're right. You're, you're exactly right. And the the rules should follow the will of the people. And the the downside of that is that when you have people that follow the law without question irregardless to what they what they believe the law is the law and they don't question it and they just blindly follow it so that's when you start getting people that are that uh, will kind of chafe against that they don't have their own opinion they just know what the law is and they believe it right and they don't take into consideration what the law was based on why it was created what year what century it was made and to whose end and profit it was made for it, it, it i mean it's it's dumb it's politics politics are dumb okay i i would like to propose that a toast the fact that i could talk about oh. this crap all night long right 40 minutes that better we move on because move it, on. <laughs> you know we're, I, we're getting on androidy i agree yeah, kind of strayed sorry about <sighs> that folks all right. Oh, and by the way, I have no personal problem with either man or Jeremy, despite how many tattoos or piercings they may have. Full don't disclosure. Don't listen to him. He hates us both. I know. I, I can don't hear hate it. you both. I, I just can... hate you, Jeremy. I mean, uh, I don't hate either of you. I can hear it in his voice. Uh... Okay. <laughs> Windows Phone proof. versus Android Phone. Are we done with the Windows or with the uh, the iOS versus Android? Or we'll never be done with that. But let's let's throw in Windows Phone. Has first of all, has anyone ever seen a Windows Phone? In person, in real I R L. No, I'm I'm a, I'm a Windows Phone denier. I don't think they really exist. <laughs> Windows Phone and global climate change. <laughs> right. They should have codenamed it Unicorn. <laughs> what I'm holding in my hand here oh. is a, Ver- oh. a Verizon. Yeah. <laughs> Can I get a ding for that, Matt? That was great. There you go. There you go. <laughs> All right, Android, Verizon XV6900. This is a Windows phone. Windows Mobile 6.1. You remember that? Remember Windows oh, you Mobile? You're kidding me. 6.1? Remember Winmo? It's right here. It's, so, I had a, it's a pretty phone. If you've ever seen them. I had a Dell Axum. Oh, <laughs> nice. Nice, nice. <laughs> if you've ever seen the movie Eagle Eye, uh, this is the phone that he uses in that movie. But anyway. I haven't seen one since, is the point I'm trying to make. <laughs> Apparently, though, those who have been lucky enough to catch this leprechaun get a proverbial pot of gold in that it looks just like every other smartphone. Uh, can we just make them all the same and get rid of the patents? Because your innovation has been lacking lately. So, I, I, I don't want to repeat and and i absolutely don't want to take credit but um paul therott has done a in my opinion a wonderful job of placing windows phone into the landscape as to where it fits uh, he's a longtime iphone user his wife has an android phone he's not an android fan um, but he's definitely is an ios fan and he's very honest about what he likes and doesn't like about windows phone which very quickly became his primary phone. I, I think it depends on what what ecosystem and what world you live in. I mean, right. My my world is very sure. Google centric. Same. Uh, and because my world is very Google centric, that makes a Google Android power powered product make more sense. 
Um, I also think it makes it easier to run Linux because a lot of uh, the apps are cross-platform and or completely web-based, so they work just as well on whatever platform you're on. Um, I guess the same would be true for Mac, for that matter. It, it, uh, it, I'll, I'll completely agree with you, Joey, but I don't think that the difference between – I mean I'm a Gmail user. I live and die by Google Calendar. There, I know there are apps for iOS – you can get a, a shortcut. You know, I've got shortcuts on my iPod Touch that bring me right to my calendar. Mm. I'm Worst case, you can do the same thing from, from Windows Phone. There are I, I don't have one, so I haven't played with it, but I'm sure there are apps that interface with that. So the, the, the differences in those respects, if you, if you take email, calendar, contacts, phone calls as the core functionality that are probably most important to most people – I would say that the differences are significantly smaller than the similarities. You're probably talking a, a 5% difference in those core applications. You're probably right. Probably more to do with the polish. You know, that the yeah. Android phone is going to work, you know, you know, 99%, if not more, of what you can do on the, on the web-based Google Calendar versus the iOS app or shortcut is going to only provide you with, you know, 75% of the functionality. But frankly, that other 25%, you don't really use on a daily basis unless you're on a bigger screen. So it doesn't make a lot of difference. And and, and you're right. I mean, it, it's it's one of those things where I encourage a lot of my customers when they're going to a PC uh, that, that they concern themselves less with the brand name and less with the operating system and more with uh, going onto cloud-based apps like Google Documents and such because it gives them the portability to switch between computers, between operating systems, and between mobile devices. So I think we really are approaching the point where the the hardware that you buy, the operating system that you run on is less important than how cross platform the various apps are. And if you've got a specific app that has to run on a specific uh, operating system, you're going to tend to run that particular one. We Isn't were having a discussion in the pre-show. Uh, I've got a Windows-based PC, and what is, uh, other than this, an all-Linux house, because I have three different applications that are specifically Windows that I cannot move onto uh, a Linux box, so I have to run an operating system to support the apps. You trapped yourself in the silo. But now listen, isn't it about... It's it's the logical process of computing evolution. Back in the day, we didn't know what we wanted, so we bought a device, and from that device, we got to do what we were going to do with it. But now, we're so accustomed to doing all these different things, it shifted so that now... We know what we want, but we 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 can pick any device that'll pretty much get the majority of our needs met. And and you know instead of the other way around, just getting the top of the line device and seeing what you could do. Now it's it's how you're able to do what you want to do. Right. I think as we've transitioned our lives from no electronic aids for memory or or communication as we've transferred and gotten into more and more aids for those uh, tasks, we we have also evolved to the point where we don't want to be locked in to a platform because even if you're a diehard Mac user with an iPhone at your house and, you know, and a Macintosh at your house, if you go to work and you're on a Windows PC, 
at some point you're going to have to have cross-platform compatibility because you're going to want to do something and you're going to want to do it on a big monitor and you can't do it in your hand. You need to have that. And I think that, and I really think that that's where we're, where we're heading. And I think that, that Google frankly has, has led that charge in a lot of ways. Um, And I think ironically the Mac is becoming the uh, and iOS are becoming the second level of that b- simply because Mac knows that they don't have the majority of the PC uh, market share and they need to be able to play on the Windows world because otherwise, if they don't, they close off so much of the market to their products. That's why we have iTunes for Windows. It's not because they like developing Windows apps, it's because they couldn't. Uh, afford to make the iPhone, the iPods, the iPads only on the Mac because it would it would it would handicap their business. I thought much. that's why we have double twist on the PC. <laughs> um, I I would like to say that the reason we have iTunes for Windows is because Apple hates Windows users. <laughs> oh, so it's a torture device, is what you're saying? All have right. you not used it? I avoid not. it like the plague because it's the most god awful piece of software ever constructed. I open it up um, every... no because I refuse to buy an Apple device. I open it up every evening to uh, tag all of our podcasts and then I close it promptly thereafter. It's, and we're sorry for that. It's I know. If there was another easy way to tag, uh, I trust me, I, I would be. So, uh, what do you guys think about this number? 700,000 activations a day. Is that where... (laughs) That seems like so many, and that's why my connectivity is a disaster. Let's let's put in perspective, that is slightly greater than the population of Vermont. Sure, and (laughs) it is the holiday season, and I get that as... Android gets more polished, and as it becomes, uh, the the barrier of entry becomes lower for people. I I think that it will continue to incline, but that seems like a lot. And aren't we in a recession still? Aren't we living yeah, but paycheck the to phones are scraping the bottom of the market on smartphones in terms of price. That is Easily. true. It, that is true. And you know, if, if anything, that makes them more attractive in a recession. Because something else that this statistic doesn't include is non-Google approved Android activations. Or does that include them? It doesn't say. No, it doesn't because Google's not going to know. So if they're not. Instance, they don't know Google when I load CyanogenMod. Yeah, because it's uh, it's sending the signal that it's it's co- mm-hmm. it's coded in there. If you get like a like a Kobe Kairos tablet, does that log <laughs> into their servers? If it has three G, no. But even over Wi Fi, does Google know about that? It does once you cross the threshold of the market, I would believe. Or, but once once you log in with your Google account, right, and it tries to okay. check to pull down any backups you may have. So that's what it is. Okay, so scratch everything I said in the last thirty seconds. Done. So, <laughs> Andy Rubin said that's about five million each week. That is not sustainable. Well, there is no way that, that, that cannot happen. And it's listen. It's it it's sustainable until it hits where Facebook has hit, and then it will. No, 
it's totally sustainable because you have reactivations. No, you they're not. Re- they're only counting daily activations. Well, well, whoa, 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 whoa. They said activations. That doesn't Listen, mean. Listen, daily activations include cellular devices only, not resold or Wi Fi. Only cellular activations daily. Their uh, steadily climbing activations highlight the platform's continued worldwide expansion, they say. Uh, Google's operating system powers more than half of the smartphones sold during the third quarter and runs on about 200 million activations to date. And, I mean, what's what's the alternative? There's iPhone. Okay. Android. Okay. Blackberry. <laughs> in or- in order to si- sustain... Uh, pardon me for being a nerd... In order to sustain that level of activations, 3.65% of the world population needs to activate an Android phone. That and per people year. per year. People need to get to humping and make more people so that they can get more Android devices. I I don't think procreation is a problem for us. Yeah, right. <laughs> we got we do one thing, we do it well. And that's hump yeah. day. What is it? Twenty in twenty twenty, the Chinese will be five deep. Hold on. How long until our population becomes large enough to matter in the Earth's orbit? Like, when do we start offsetting this rotation that we're ha- we're living on here? So anyway, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, that that is a huge number. And well, the key is any know. device. You you're not just on this one little insignificant tiny piece of hardware. Right. You're on any piece of hardware. I think that's I, what I, it I is. I wonder if if we looked at, like for instance, if there was a way to get a concrete number on the number of Windows activations, for instance. Yeah, and we it's looked at eight. it in, in a in a similar period in history, as in you know. This amount, of, this amount of adoption. I wonder how. I wonder how that would that would compare. And the the reason why I say that is that I, I I truly believe that the Android operating system and the the Windows PC operating system at at a certain point in history have are, are going to be kind of become the de facto standards in their respective form factors. And I think that that's. I think we're we're seeing that. I mean, if so, you're getting seven hundred thousand uh, activations a day. I mean, how do you combat that? I mean, to even catch up, you would have to have a million activations a day of a Windows phone for an extended period to, to overcome th- that many hands that's already in use. And it's just it's just not going to happen. So Android, if these, if these numbers are truly accurate, Android is going to be the dominant cell phone platform for the next several years. If it keeps going, if it doesn't get patent sued, I mean, I'm glad, I'm really glad Google is the one behind this because I feel like any other company would, once these lawsuits really, I mean, that's a lot of money to be shelling out. I feel like a lot of other companies, like they would be in a really terrible position after a while. So I, I am glad that Google is in on this with, you know, it makes me feel better about about, about it. But. Yeah, I think I started to realize how pervasive Android was becoming as a phone OS when the pushing retirement age receptionist at my company got a droid. And it was like, okay, we have now reached mainstream. This is no longer the hacker geek OS 
You know, this is not this is not Linux on the desktop. This is you know, this is this is becoming mainstream, you know. Uh, and, and that that was when it really hit me when she's telling me about apps that I don't have yet that I wind up and going and getting, you know, <laughs> that, that that's when it's really become a mainstream product. Yeah, it'll it'll be interesting to see like what what comes out of all of this <laughs> in the end. And I really think that the more pervasive social networks become in people's lives, I think that's going to spur more. A bigger necessity for these higher end smartphone devices, whether it be an iOS or an Android. It's just the fact that people want to stay connected to their stuff and their friends' stuff, those that care what their friends are doing like that, you know. I, I think that'll, that'll keep increasing. And then that makes the devices, and then, you know, everyone makes money. Internet money. Word. Word to that. All right. Uh, was there anything else you want? Uh, Twitter opened up an Android SMS encryption tool. I don't know if you guys are interested in that. It's kind of cool. Uh, we're excited. To- directly to try to compete against the carrier IQ fears. <laughs> no, it says, uh, quote, we're excited to announce the open source release of Text Secure, our secure text messaging client for Android, which Twitter acquired uh, when we joined their team last month. This is Whisper Systems. Isn't that Moxie's? Yeah, dude, that's Moxie's group. Wow. Twitter acquired Whisper Systems for an undisclosed sum on November 28th. Whisper Systems uh, co-founders Moxie Marlinspike and Stuart Anderson now work at Twitter. Is that weird? Moxie works at Twitter? That's cool. It's no weirder than Kush working at, what, Samsung? That's true. True, true. Uh, I mean, uh, you, bring, you, you recognize talent, you bring the talent in. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's for yeah. sure. I'd rather have them on my side than hacking my side, you know. Good call. Um, One thing we didn't touch on, and this happened now, what, three weeks ago, that uh, HP has open-sourced WebOS. Yay. Actually, I've heard that's pretty decent. Did they, or did they say they were going to? I believe they announced that within a certain amount of time it was going to be completely open-sourced. Um, and the the completely and the the reason they were time delaying it slightly was that they wanted to go through all of the code and be sure that anything that was proprietary was either written out um, or a replacement written in, so that it would be completely open source. I, the reason why I mentioned it on the Attack of the Android show is that that is the first, as far as I'm concerned, uh, credible and even conceivable open source threat to the Android dominance. Um, it's because the, the cost involved is the same as Android. Anybody can go get WebOS when it's open source. Anybody can go, can, go get Android when but it's open source. But the difference, the big difference is the massive head start on apps. Nobody wants an oh, OS that has Jack for apps, you know? Oh, oh you're absolutely right. It's absolutely and, and, pointless. You know, so my thought was, is do you think that this is actually going to change anything, or is it just going to be a, a bump in the I Android think, road? I think it'll be more of like, oh, look, I'm running WebOS on my Sega Genesis. <laughs> you know, I think <laughs> it'll be more I, of I like a <clears throat> a toy thing, you know? I, I don't just think that's what's going to happen at all. I think it's... No? It, you think there's room think for the a, most exciting another? aspect of this is that some of the very positive aspects of WebOS... Um, people like to talk about the cards, the the notion of apps being cards and sliding them around and everything. I, I admit I've never apps met will be Windows. Had, 
a WebOS unit. I've, I've not been able to play with one. Yeah, me neither. Uh, but people that use it like it. Their major complaint seems to be around performance. So it sounds like there's some stuff in the code that Android could pull. So we're probably going to see some features rolled in over time. But what I'm concerned about is that you're going to get a different camp that's going to take WebOS and pull Android stuff in. And we're going to start to see a convergence. the mobile phone raw market move in the direction of the Linux distribution market. It'll be and a... we're going to have a bajillion distros. Good. Good. Well, that's both but good and bad be... because I think, okay, speaking as someone that runs at least two different flavors of Linux at any given time, I can tell you that the commonalities are more than the than the differences, but at the same time, those differences are often huge for the average user. And the, there are some serious problems with fragmenting. Uh, and I think that that if if Android becomes or Android WebOS Synergy product becomes so fragmented that there it could divide the market and create confusion. Um, I think that 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 is one of the reasons why uh, the desktop Linux has not uh, has not really happened the way a lot of people predicted it would. I think the other reason behind that is that there's nobody out there marketing it. And if you did have commercial products coming with Android or with WebOS or Android WebOS combined, it would have marketing behind it. And when you have marketing behind it, advertising for a product, then you would see that there that there would be some adoption rate because of it. I think the, the the biggest reason that that there is no desktop Linux is that is that when I tell people, oh yeah, I run Linux as an operating system, they instantly glaze over because they've never heard of it before. They don't care what it is; they just want their computers to be work and be usable. And I think that you're seeing a lot of that with phones. Yeah, they they want their stuff to do things. <clears throat> they just don't care how they get there, and that's exactly. I think that's going to be a, a problem in and of itself. Uh, eventually, if if things go bad, uh, we have all these people that are users and no super users, so to speak. Yep. You know. Now, so. l- hey, let's all throw right. a scenario at you. Moving. Let's say that Windows Phone dies, um, and <laughs> let's say that a WebOS. Uh, style of skin gets installed on top of a, uh, an Android core, as it were. That kind of goes off and, be, and becomes its own thing. Is this what kill if... F Mary? Huh? Is this kill Mary? Nah, not really. All right, I'm going to just edit that. What happens if... Jesus. Sorry, it took a second, Matt. I was like, what? <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, oh, you're such but, a nerd. But, 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 <laughs> apps. What apps are you picking? Let's do this. I'm no. gonna marry Android. And I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna, gonna kill, kill Windows. <laughs> Blackberry. And I'm gonna f- uh, Apple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, I'm gonna f Symbian because it sounds <laughs> awful. Oh. Because it's a Symbian. <laughs> Uh, a bonus point if you actually got that reference. Oh my god! Let's anyway, uh, moving on. Back what on I was track. thinking was, what if Apple decides that it's no longer practical to build an entire operating system from the core up? Which say, hmm, geez, I don't know, OS X. Um, 
and they decide that they're going to put an Apple skin on top of an Android core and release it as iOS. Jigga what? In other Jigga words, who? they they do they they they, <laughs> they do what they did with Mac OS X. They brought in a licensed operating system and they built a skin on top of it. That that's not what OS X is. They incorporated Unix code, but it was it's not like they just yanked 20-year-old operating system and threw code on it. Well, well they they licensed uh, a version of BSD and then they they that's the BSD kernel and then they Sure, but th- there's a lot more to an OS than a kernel. It's not it's I, I think I think you're trivializing and I'm not trying to pick on you, but I I think there's a really important distinction in there. Um, I'm and, not saying and, it was easy. And I'm also not sure of the point you're making. Well, what so I'm wondering is, is could we get to the point where every phone is an Android phone with a different skin on it? Ah, uh, no. Why not? Because there will always be people that don't want to follow the crowd. And they always need to have an option. Show me any market that has only one option iPhone. No, because that's not a market. Because you can get rip-off iPhones in The phone is the market. iOS is the player in the market. Apple is a player in the market. Look at MUI. That is basically iPhone for your Android. MUI, Mm. the MUI ROM. Anyway, all right. Uh, Interesting conversation, though. Thank you. Uh, App Picks of the Week. What what have you guys been using this week? Uh, Jeremy? I love Google Currents. <laughs> it single-handedly made me dig out my Nook color. I was like, oh, I need to play with this. And I'm digging it, man. You know, it's it's slow. It's not quite as slow as the iOS version. But it rocks, dude. You know, you, you throw some websites in that you like to read, and it gives you a really cool interface. Uh, it is the only time I've ever wished I had a 10-inch tablet versus the 7. It's still great on a 7. If you've got you know, a phone, say, 4 inches or bigger, it's probably worth trying out You know, on, on my Droid or something with the 3.5. It's not going to fly. But it's a really cool interface for browsing posts on news feeds and, and you know, your other web pages. It's free. It rocks. Google Currents. Nice. We talked about that a little bit last week. About oh, how it. Uh, it wasn't a pick, uh-huh. I don't think. But it, I, I just mentioned how it was constantly setting off Watchdog on my Droid X. Like it was constantly using up over 70% resources, stuff like that. But uh, it is pretty. If I had a tablet, I'd use it, I think is what I said. Uh, Joey, what is your app, please? This week, I am bringing out a very useful one that I just discovered called Wi-Fi Analyzer. You just dis- uh, wow. Well, I this just classic, came across it. Classic um, Android <laughs> app for sure. Yeah, I yeah. think it's I think it's extremely useful. I well, maybe not useful, but extremely cool. Um for those that have the occasion to be driving around in different neighborhoods uh and looking for open wireless access points to connect to, um not that anyone would ever do that uh, <clears throat> legally, anyway. Um, but this uh, this this tool allows you to get a quasi real time uh, adjustable down to one second refresh 
uh, of the signal level of various wireless networks in your area. And uh, for instance, I'm looking at uh, it right now, and it gives you different views. You can select one wireless network and constantly monitor it. You can select a graph um, where you see all of the different uh, uh, networks available. And it's really very nice in that you can monitor your relative network strength and see what's around you. You can walk three feet and see if the signal length change, uh, signal uh, level changes. Very useful for tracking where your wireless uh, network reaches to, for instance, if you're trying to determine how far out of your house you can go and still have Wi-Fi. Um, yeah, it's just it's just very useful, and it's a freebie uh, in the Amazon App Store, and I imagine it's also a freebie in the Android market, although I didn't check. Yes, it is. And there's different versions, uh, depending on, I will mention this, uh, depending on which version of Android you're running, different, uh, just make sure you get the one for your, your system. So, uh, my app of the week is a fun game I can't stop playing called Air Penguin. Who knows Air Penguin? Put them up. Air Penguin. Best. I just saw it today. Haven't, haven't tried it. Try it. And let me know next Thursday but when you haven't stopped playing it all week. It, it's so much fun. It's so simple, and it's so much fun. What's the three-second summary? Who said penguins can't fly? Pfft, not this guy. Is this an Angry Birds ripoff? No, not... <laughs> Angry Birds Making rip-off. noises in contempt <laughs> at my Con- comment. Contempt of... <laughs> Uh, yeah, you just have to play it, basically. It's all, uh, how you tilt your phone, and it's, uh, it's, it's amazing. Penguins flying, dropping onto little plates of frozen ice, and then jumping in. Amazing game. So, Air Penguins, check it out. We'll put links to these, uh, in the show notes. So, uh, anything else before we wrap this thing up? It's been a pleasure. It's been nice to get back with you guys after missing last week. Sorry about that. Yeah, it's been uh it's been a been a while. Been a while. But uh yeah, we'll we'll be back next week and and this is going to get so much more intimate. So much more intimate once we get live shows, we can actually show you stuff and oh yeah. So I'm I'm working hard on the site. It's almost finished. Uh just got a couple more things to put together and then uh we'll be live and direct. Once you start doing that, I'm going to have to, you know, like put on pants and stuff. I know. I'm going to have to cut my hair and shave my beard. My beard? Well, what it is is I couldn't afford (laughs) a pop filter, so I grew my beard. And then I just kind of, I have a little hanger here that I I weave it into. It's kind of a pain, uh, but yeah. So... Air hey, Penguin. Grizzly, Grizzly Matthew. <laughs> Grizzly Matthew. <laughs> so, yeah, check it out uh, right now over there on groovypost.com slash groovycast and in iTunes, and you can email show at attackoftheandroids.com. Make sure you write us lovely, nice reviews. We appreciate them. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, GroovyMatt, and Jeremy. What's your Twitter, Jeremy? Jay Lesniak. And Joey's no, got one. Yeah. Yep. Sound I'm it out. at S A N D P V R R. It's not sand perv. It's sand. something else. <laughs> Joey the sand perv. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And uh, yeah, there's <clears throat> all the info's up there. Uh, so check it out. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Peace out. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> yeah.
Attack of the Ant.